We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to The Cast Next Door, where we love your mother's cookies. I'm your host, Josh, and we are wrapping up this week of minutes. Joining me once again are Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Hi, everyone. And Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, everybody. So what we do here on this podcast, if you are not aware, is we talk about the 2015 thriller starring Jennifer Lopez, The Boy Next Door, and we break it down minute by minute. And this time around, we are talking about minute 52. So let's jump right in here. Basically, from last minute, we know that Claire is playing janitor and going to figure out why there's a bunch of water pouring out of the boy's bathroom. And she enters into the bathroom and there's water running out of the sink and the lights are flickering like they would in a in a horror movie and Claire pulls a bunch of paper towels out of the sink the lights continue to flicker she notices something in the reflection of the mirror over the sink and turns around to find a pretty horrible message in giant black letters that basically says I fucked Claire Peterson and Noah emerges from the shadows uh, much as he did when he attacked Jason Zimmer uh, in our earlier minute comes from nowhere and keeps her from leaving the bathroom tells her her behavior has been (laughs) completely unacceptable, which is very strange, and he's not going to stand for it. Uh, She continues to try to leave and uh, asks to be let go. He gets mad at her, basically, because he thinks that she's going to go back to Garrett, and he's very close to wrapping his hands around her throat and then sort of complains that it's as if what they had never happened. She sort of refutes that and says that it was a one night thing, that it was a mistake and they that it meant nothing to her. And then he, he puts a finger on her lips as if to quiet her down and says, yes, we did. We meant something, basically. And that's where our minute ends. So let's uh, let's get right into this uh, because it's a little a uh, little weird. Uh, like I said earlier, they sort of set this up as if it's a scene out of a kind of crappy horror movie with the flickering lights and the sort of droning audio. Yeah, and plus since I've... I'm a big fan of Hannibal. I kind of wanted what she pulls out of the sink to be like hair or like someone's (laughs) head or something. But of course, like, again, this movie, I feel like it it pulls its punches at such to such a frustrating degree was because it is rated R. Like, I don't know why they didn't make a harder left turn into things that would actually be in like a thriller exploitation kind of place. Like mm-hmm. even even this scene, he's still not particularly threatening, and that could just be because of the acting and like the weirdness of the how the dialogue intersperses between the two of them. Like at one point, she says "what" before he even <laughs> says anything, even though he is supposed to be like sexually threatening and explicitly in this point. Like everything from the way that the the graffiti looks as if it's like clearly a font that like someone <laughs> has like 
has yeah. like sc- almost screen printed on the wall mm-hmm. to just how he's I don't know he's just t- totally ineffective as the villain in this movie and even in this scene yeah someone found their favorite grunge font online and then printed out a stencil and put it on yeah, the wall exactly how long was he in there yeah. he just been sitting in there i mean he he's clearly not let anyone else into this bathroom so he's been sitting in a flooding bathroom just like well any second <laughs> claire's coming i i love the idea going back to what caroline said if she pulled the hair out of the sink and then he comes around the corner and he's like shaved part of his hair off and there's just chunks and tufts of hair oh sticking God. out and he's and he's obviously more deranged than than he ever has been up to this point like that would be amazing like the movie would immediately take off and you'd be like oh man i'm totally on board because this guy is crazy but they don't you're right they don't go far enough yeah i think it might be because they're trying they're still trying to maintain his attractiveness throughout yeah. like mm-hmm. like every time i looked up this movie on the internet like on youtube or uh what have you they're all the other clips that would be like suggested along with this week were like all movie sex scenes, like all like <laughs> Mr. Skin, yeah. like of YouTube. Like clearly there is a market for like porn that's not porn, I guess. Like that's sort of the modern like USA after dark or whatever. Yeah. So I guess that that's that it might be why it just it it has to stop short because we have to want to fuck him no matter what. <laughs> They're trying to maintain his his attractability so that you still sort of hope maybe that he'll turn it around. I don't really know what the point is of of that. I really like the idea more of him coming out missing hair or maybe he's carved off part of his nose or something. Just something insane that that takes the takes it all to the next level. And why doesn't she turn off the faucets? <laughs> She just lets them run. She just pulls out the paper, but lets the faucets keep running. <laughs> these are the these are the issues that I have. I was rewatching these, and I was going, "Well, just turn off the faucet." Yeah. I have this note that just says, "Turn off the faucet." <laughs> this whole movie seems like a sort of softened version of like the psychosexual thrillers of the '90s, where like the idea seems to be that like some combination of like sex and like crazy sex and you know psychotherapy yeah. even will like make you crazy, and but that'll also be sexy. Like it really, d- it's not even that it doesn't commit on those levels it's just like it doesn't commit to being a straight thriller it just that it does it's a sort of a softened version of things we've already seen before yeah i I could i could definitely see that and as i've said even in a couple of other episodes is that this movie sort of traffics in cliches that movies of this type were sort of making fun of like even five and ten years ago like there are certain Mm -hmm. things that happen in this movie that you've seen tons of times before and you've also seen them being made fun of tons of times before and yet this movie is still using them as if they're effective. <laughs> right. This this lends more to the fact that I never know what it is exactly Noah is after. Because now he's not even trying to endear himself to Claire. Now he's just flat out threatening her. But he's going to say, oh, what we had meant something. Well, in the same moment, he's written, I fucked Claire Peterson on a wall. And... It's like, okay, so he's crazy, but he also thinks he has feelings for her and that she has some for him. Like, there's just never a point where you're like, well, he's he just really objectifies women, I guess, and they have to do what he wants them to do. Yeah, I kind of thought that he genuinely thought that, like, grinding all up on her would change her mind. <laughs> yeah, she just needs to see how much I care. Yeah, I think that kind of plays into it, uh, plays into something, too, where it seems like he is, as you said, he's, he's slowly dropping this... this 
this wall of uh, he's dropping this wall away and becoming more and more aggressive with everyone. It's sort of like he's putting this aggressiveness onto Claire and her actions. So the fact that she might be considering getting back with her ex-husband or her estranged husband is the reason that he's acting the way that he is. Yeah. It's the reason that he's doing the things that he's doing. So he's obviously not taking responsibility for his actions, but no one else seems to want him to take responsibility for his actions either. So he's just he's just going along with what everybody else is doing, and it, it doesn't seem strange to him. Exactly. And no one else went into that bathroom? <laughs> yeah. It does seem weird because if if as as in the last minute Allie says uh boys came up and said that there was water pouring out of the bathroom and and when she goes in I mean it's a fair amount of water that has been running out of that sink mm-hmm. so it's obviously covering the floor and it's obviously making a mess and yet yeah no one has come in at all to notice that this is happening and then said oh wait a minute I need to turn off the water or maybe they did and we just didn't see that scene maybe someone did come in and say oh what's going on here I need to turn this water off and then Noah steps out of the shadows. He says, don't touch it. And then the guy's like, okay. And then he <laughs> retreats leaves. to the shadows again. <laughs> and then he retreats back to the shadows. That guy leaves. And then Claire comes in. And I think that scene, if that did occur, would be more effective if Noah came out with half a nose and his hair missing. Because then the person would quickly back away. His shoes are all squishy because he's been standing in water for 10 minutes. Oh, that's a that's a good point. Because I don't hear any squishiness in that scene. <laughs> like, I don't, there's no sounds of walking through water. <laughs> it's not very threatening, I guess. Yeah, they were definitely skimping on the Foley art. Oh, man, that makes me want to go back and cut that scene together with little squishy sounds of people walking (laughs) through water. It'll really downplay the tension. Yeah, to your point about there being like basically no one else there, like I am getting the feeling that this high school is like the high school equivalent of like a 1950s bus stop where like people (laughs) just kind of come in and out, but there aren't really ever that many people around. Mm -hmm. They're just sort of going in and out of rooms and like dancing slowly with each other going back to his his message on the wall it's it's there it's blatant it's very big but it still says i so did he sign his name like really tiny at the bottom (laughs) and we just didn't see it or because granted okay that's got her name in it and so that's going to raise a lot of questions but it still doesn't attach her to any one particular student uh and so there's this weird (laughs) there's this weird sort of disconnect there like Yes, I did this, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. And as though people don't write things like that all the time that have no basis whatsoever. Or it could be that, you know, with the inclusion of the deleted scenes, everyone would immediately know who who that refers to because she's <laughs> yeah. been defending her boyfriend through every single trial. You know, he does live next door to her and they hang out all the time and he is 19 years old. <laughs> I feel like they added that later. I feel like at some point they went back and said, well, we can't have him be 17. Throw a line in there where he's 19. I think my mom gave them notes on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they make it from the from the beginning. They make it really abundantly clear that he's almost 20. And and it's it's this movie's, uh, I guess, a, a hope to sort of try to skirt this sort of taboo line where, yes, she is sleeping with someone who will eventually be her student. But he's not at the point that they sleep together. And he's also overage, so we're not getting into totally icky territory of him being underage or being 17 but about to turn 18 or anything like that. So they sort of try to just toe the line without completely going over it and getting too strange, which, to Caroline's point, is part of the problem with this movie is it never goes as far as it could and Mm -hmm. to become more interesting. Right, but... 
I mean, I guess that that matters to some people because I know my mother still hasn't forgiven Kate Winslet for doing the reader. <laughs> like literally every time she sees Kate Winslet, like in people, she like audibly makes a noise of disgust because she <laughs> abused that young boy. And again, and I guess you have to think about too, sort of who this movie wanted to appeal to, like what was the audience that it wanted to get. And while it would have been super interesting, and I know I keep going back to it, but I love the visual of Noah missing some of his hair coming. <laughs> out of the shadows uh but as as interesting as that visual would have been and as intriguing as that moment in the film would have been it's not really going to continue to appeal to the audience that they want to bring into the to the theater it almost seemed to me that she could have been like a professor at a community college because i mean she teaches the classics and you know he's he's 19 and it would be a situation where it would still be inappropriate and you would still understand why she would want so badly to cover it up but the fact that they made it this sort of oh how can we wedge him into a high school situation it just that seemed to me to be so awkward that it was like they they couldn't decide what they wanted to do like oh it's going to be this sexy thriller but he can't be a, a teenager really we'll make him 19 well he's got to be in high school and yeah, they they work they wrap themselves in knots trying to figure out how to make it all work and still not be too strange in either direction. Mm -hmm. Well, unless you have anything else uh, specific that you'd like to touch on, I think we have uh, once again exhausted our minute. Uh, but this was a robust and lively discussion, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to continue remembering that image of Noah missing his hair or some some part of his face uh, for probably the rest of my life because that is a hilarious image to me. I would <laughs> I would love this movie if that happened. Thank you both once again for joining me for this episode and for all of this week. I, I really enjoyed it. Both of you were fantastic guests. Well, thank you. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you would like to promote? Caroline? Well, I've mentioned on previous episodes that I host my own podcast, The Loose Cannon Podcast. It's canon with one N because it's a clever joke. And I have a new newsletter associated with that and I do my monthly essay series and I'm going to be moving apartment soon so if anyone in the audience could just think on that pray on it I'd be very grateful moving apartments in Brooklyn is quite an experience good luck thank you and Megan uh, I write about VC Andrews novels at trappedintheattic.wordpress.com and all of the fabulous uh, lifetime movies made about same as well oh fantastic well thank you once again uh, both for being here with me I really appreciate it and thank you out there for listening to us we will see you next time on the cast next door bye everybody thanks for listening to a talking cast presents the cast next door i was your host josh hollis with my guests caroline fulford and megan sunday like us on facebook follow us on twitter at first ed iliad or download new episodes from the castnextdoor.wordpress.com you can also subscribe on itunes or stitcher artwork and editing by josh hollis produced by darren husted executive producer josh hollis the boy next door is owned by blumhouse smart entertainment neurican and universal studios no infringement is intended copyright 2015 all rights reserved this is a first edition